Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to this Saturday afternoon pre-recorded broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro, and with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com. You can give us a call at the range at 937-293-3914, or you can stop down the range, which is located at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine. The best way for you to find out about our hours is to go to our website at sim-trainer.com and check to see what our limited hours are. Essentially, they're Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 to 8 p.m., Tuesday and Thursday from 12 noon to 4 p.m., and Saturday from 10 to 3. Uh, However, uh, there are occasions when we have classes where some of those general hours will be interrupted so please check the um the the website and then if you can uh, call the range at 937-293-3914 and see if uh, we're open so that you can come on down and and have any uh, questions uh, answered or get involved in any of the things we have going on and you can also check the web calendar that's also on that website if there's a time that we're going to be closed that'll show up on the calendar as well I want to start off today's show by uh, uh, just mentioning that uh, typically we go through um, emails and, and posts and, and articles and things on the uh, on the computer uh, the previous week or leading up to the show, and uh, this last week was quite overwhelming. Um, I want to first of all mention that, as many of you probably know, we've talked in the past about how there are people who want to send us down this slippery slope where our individual rights are greatly impinged upon, uh, and we kind of talked about that in a lead up or a hypothetical situation. Well, we're beyond that now. We are in the midst of it at the present time. Um, you've seen uh, most news- newsworthy over the last uh, couple weeks is the censorship parade that's going on to try to basically quiet anybody who has an opposition opinion about anything but what the liberal, leftist, socialist, communists um, have to say about pretty much anything. And uh, they're trying to go to whatever means they can, including in one case. I don't know all of the details, but they actually had the FBI conduct an early morning raid on an individual reporter um, and take him to jail because uh, he had uh, posted some memes and some, quote, disinformation, unquote, um, on the um, on the computer or on the web last year uh, leading up to the election, which they claim uh, altered individuals' uh, uh, votes. Now, um, as ridiculous as that sounds, we all know that there was so much misinformation, disinformation, dishonesty, whatever you want to call it, going around for uh, years leading up to the last election and certainly the last several months leading up to the election. It was coming from everybody. And I just want to just jump back and say, you remember when a member of Congress by the name of Adam Schiff, when he presented the initial impeachment um, uh, opening remarks and he made outright flagrant lies during the actual um, opening remarks and then um, claimed that all along we have uh, irrevocable evidence that the, the president, then President Trump, was involved in Russian collusion and he kept saying it. He would go on live news channels and claim the same thing and uh, nothing ever came to be and matter of fact the official report indicated that what he claimed did not exist and then it went farther in the last uh, several months we found out that there was in fact some some other um, 
illegal behavior going on behind the scenes on the part of Hillary Clinton and her campaign um, that basically created the whole Russian collusion delusion. So um, it's, it's real concerning because uh, there's a person who I think is either sitting in jail or out on out on bond waiting to go to trial because he had a different opinion and he voiced his opinion. And just because somebody made the claim that somebody might have changed their vote as a result of it, um, uh, he's going to be in, in harm's way. Think about uh, the, the lack of information that was given relative to some current uh, to the current president's family members leading up to the current election. That lack of information could have possibly resulted in some uh, voters voting one way or another. But we'll never know the answer to that. But nobody's going to go to jail over that. We have some anecdotal um, information from people who have said specifically that they had not heard about it. And had they heard about it, it may have changed their vote. Yeah. And so the suppression of those stories, uh, in fact, I mean, we don't know how many, but we know that there are more than zero because they've said so. Yeah, and, and we, we know that that's going on. Now, let's get into something directly related to uh, what we're talking about now. Just last week, uh, um, the House released uh, House Bill 127, the draconian anti-gun legislation, where they're uh, calling for everything from uh, gun registration, establishing a national gun registry where everybody um, only 21 years of age or older. They specifically put that in there that 18-year-olds uh, won't be able to uh, join this register. All guns that you have will have to be registered within three months of the bill become effective. And every other bill immediately upon purchase, you'll have to list any and all people who have access, you're going to have to list how the vehicle or how the guns are going to be stored. Anybody who the gun might be loaned to for hunting or any other purpose, um, you're going to have to go through a psychological exam. This isn't optional. It says as a condition of getting your license to be able to be in this national registry, which is actually a permit. Yes. You're going to have to get a, a psychological evaluation. Uh, you also have to get this is one that's very vague. You'll have to get firearm insurance. They're not very clear. It's going to cost you $800. They make that clear. That apparently is going to go to the government. They don't specify exactly how the insurance is going to be, how the fund is going to be maintained or how the money will be distributed. It's not clear whether it's going to be for you, the person, insuring you against any claims in the event that something happens or... My suspicion is that money is going to go to anybody else who wants to make a claim against a gun owner and they'll be able to have funds readily available. But they've called it insurance and yet they have not identified the risk that is being insured. So you, it's not insurance if you're not identifying uh, what the risk is that you're trying to cover with that insurance. Like if you have automobile insurance, you're trying to cover whatever damages you might cause to someone else, the liability insurance, or the damage to your vehicle collision. So th those are known risks, and they are quantified, and they they are uh, underwritten, and then, and then the value, the cost of the insurance is based on those things. Here they've identified what the cost of the insurance is. They've not said what they plan to cover. They've not said what the insurance is to is intended to insure against, but it's going to be required. That It's a wonderful plan. In addition to other things, you need to read it. H.R. 127, it's just a bill. It's just a proposed bill. I don't think it's even being assigned to a committee yet, but you need to read it. But in addition, they're going to have a restriction on magazines uh, that hold more than 10 rounds. Um, also, Including any current magazines. So the, all your current magazines will have to be destroyed or turned in or something to that effect. Yeah, and it's, it's not clear exactly what they're going possibly. to do, if that's going to be part of the registration. 
which there's going to be fees attached to this registration process. They didn't specify here what the exact fees were, but they also have, in addition to the types of guns, which there's a laundry list, uh, four or five pages just of guns, just like the 1994 uh, assault weapons ban legislation and others, and then they've added more modern guns to the extensive list, basically includes all the favorite guns that we have uh, for the most part. Um, but they also have a provision in there that uh, if the weight of the gun, including ammo, exceeds so many pounds, then it's also restricted, regardless of whether or not you put that many rounds in it. But if it could go to a certain weight, so they've they've covered a lot of different avenues. Um, we knew this was coming. Uh, it's in our face right now. Uh, it's obviously every every aspect of it, not not a single aspect of this bill is in compliance with the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Um, every single one is violating the provisions of the Second Amendment and directly infringing on the rights of law-abiding citizens. And they, they don't have any apparent concern about that. Now, Mark and I talked uh, a little bit before the show about uh, we're hopeful that there are several Democratic um, uh, representatives and, and senators who are going to say, wait a minute, my constituency, my, the overwhelming majority. And now when we talk about the, the tens of millions, hundreds of millions of guns that are owned by tens of millions of people, the overwhelming majority, I'm going to guess 97 to 99% are owned by law-abiding citizens who do nothing but engage in recreational shooting, um, hunting, competitive shooting, just have guns to be a collector, uh, whatever the case might be. Well, and what's more than that is all of these provisions apply only to those law-abiding citizens because they are not going to apply to anyone who is already a criminal because they're not going to follow those rules. It only all of these things are voluntary compliance with punishments if you don't. But they're still you have to volunteer to comply. Well, Mark, are you telling me that when they put this legislation in place, the current criminals who get guns illegally are all of a sudden going to sign up for the registry and sign up their guns and uh, put their social, their uh, their serial numbers, submit their serial numbers, and then get the insurance and store them the way they're supposed to and make sure. Don't you think that that's what they're hoping that, here? Well, I mean, clearly that's what they always hope, is that <laughs> all they have to do is pass a law and then compliance will suddenly yeah. occur, which yeah. hasn't ever happened before. It's not going to happen now. But why is it that, that this mindset that says, well, we're the government and we said you have to do it and therefore you're going to do it, that, that last leap just never quite happens when you, you're talking about people who disobey the law. And I hope our listeners, especially those who have been listening for a long time, know I was being sarcastic in that comment. Perhaps a little. But facetious. Mark has always said it's ironic that criminals by their ne very nature do not obey the law. So there's no reason to believe that there's going to be anything different that occurs um, when this legislation, uh, if it would ever become become law. And uh, I'm very hopeful that it not. In addition to uh, the attack on individual rights, I just wanted to talk briefly about the situation at the Capitol that uh, more and more details are starting to unfold in uh, recent weeks. Uh, it's the, the incident they're calling the huge insurrection that some lawmakers on the opposition side have said that uh, it's, it's uh, one of the worst things since the 9-11 attack, attacks. And uh, obviously, uh, make, make no mistake, this is nothing but a smokescreen to kind of push their agenda and justify their agenda. You've heard things like um, the now acting director of the Capitol Police claimed that tens of thousands of heavily armed um, insurrectionists attacked the, the, the Capitol and they were so 
um, uh, so well armed that they outgunned and outarmed our own police force. Well, let, let me just tell you something I know for a fact. If that was the case, that would be front page news every day, all day long. There's not been a single video, a single picture, a single discussion of any of those people being armed with other than the, the flagpole and a few of the uh, expandable batons and a fire extinguisher and, and other sorts of things. But obviously, uh, Washington, D.C., in particular in the state of Maryland, have very restri- very restrictive um, gun laws, and anybody that would have been ha- uh, carrying a gun that particular day would have been in big trouble, and I'm sure they would have paraded their pictures uh, in front of the media on a regular basis. Um, there also are reports initially and up to even today they're saying that thousands of people scaled the walls of the Capitol. Well, let me just tell you what they mean by scaling the walls. The details are out. The, the information and the, video, the picture they show you, it's the wall that leads from the ground level um, of the exterior building, uh, exterior of the Capitol, to the grandstand area where many of the people stand or sit during the inauguration. It's just a wall that takes you from the ground level up into the grandstand area, nowhere near the inside of the building. Well, it's a retaining wall. It's a retaining wall is all it is. And of course, they say they scaled the walls and then they keep putting picture of the I will just say the three idiots on the scaffold that was left on the outside of the Capitol building for whatever, um, they make it sound like they're also scaling the walls. Well, in my mind, those people were um, uh, putting their own lives in jeopardy by getting on a hand-operated scaffold where one person had one rope, one person had the other rope, and they were hoping that they stayed in time with each other as they went up from the what would be the second level up several levels of the Capitol on the side of the building. There's been no video of them doing any damage other than just holding a sign and you know going up a, a couple of levels. But again, the narrative is that uh, the insurrectionists attacked the Capitol by tens of thousands And as I reported last week, I had four people, retired police officers who were actually in the building and said that there were only a few hundred in the building. And when the melee started, most of them got out of the building and a few of the crazy people, a few hundred, maybe a few hundred maximum continued to do whatever it was they were doing. Now, we have since heard from the uh, the investigators that there was uh, there's evidence that the FBI has gathered that that activity, the inside case chaos was pre-planned by extremists on both both sides uh, of the spectrum. They weren't real specific, real specific, but they said it was so detailed that at least one of the groups even had blueprints of the um, of the inside of the Capitol. So pre-planning was critical. And we come back, uh, back after the break. I want to talk about a few more details that, again, is just leading up to it's it's creating the agenda or creating a climate so they can justify pushing through this uh, anti-gun and other anti-rights agenda um, to limit what we we can do and can't do. You're listening to Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. 
One other thing that they, uh, a couple of the things they've talked about, they keep mentioning that five people were killed, maybe six people were killed in this ruckus that occurred on uh, the 6th. Now, we know that one law enforcement officer uh, died as a result of injuries sustained that day. He subsequently died a day or two later from head injuries, uh, supposedly um, uh, that he, uh, he got that particular day. Uh, we've also heard that there are three other people, citizens, civilians, who died of medical emergencies, one confirmed heart attack, one a stroke, and the other unknown. There was initial reports that she was uh, trampled by the crowd, but that's yet to be uh, confirmed. But three citizens died due to medical emergencies, and then initially one, and now a second uh, police officer supposedly committed suicide, and the acting director is attributing their suicides um, to the incident. In fact, they called the, the, the first one, and I haven't, I'm not sure she labeled the second one the same. She called the first one an in-the-line-of-duty death, even though it was a suicide days after the incident. Very limited details. Matter of fact, no details. Um, it's, it's very unfortunate what happened there, but I'm just going to tell you, as a retired police officer, I feel for the officers who um, decided to make that decision. Um, I'm more concerned right now, though, as to what they why they did it, what they knew, what they didn't know, what they did, what they didn't do um, that made them get in the mindset that led them to to do what they did. Um, but nonetheless, the news media and the people who are trying to promote this this agenda are including those people in the loss of life on that particular day. Whether you want to do it directly or indirectly, I just ask that we've got to be a little bit more asking more questions to get more details because all they're doing is trying to come up with anything and everything they can to justify advancing an anti-rights agenda to create fear among the citizenry, to justify Justify putting up a fence around the Capitol building and to say things like um, uh, it's it's uh, likely or potential domestic future potential domestic threats are uh, um, possibly going to be launched against members of Congress. And so they're going to have the military on premises, at least until March. They have beefed up police presidents. The, the Capitol and surrounding areas basically on lockdown. No one can go into or out of that area without going through multiple checkpoints. Um, the investigators have already confirmed the issue about the pre-planning. The news articles have claimed um, that the officer who was involved in the shooting uh, has not been charged yet, but later on in the article, uh, the chief investigator said that uh, we have not come to a, a conclusion yet and the Department of Justice will make the final decision as to whether or not charges will be filed. Again, if the officer shouldn't be charged, I say he shouldn't be charged. But I got problems with the head of the article, the, the, the topic of the article saying officer involved in capital shooting, not charged. But later on, the chief investigator says the investigation is not complete. Don't dump, jump to conclusions. The Department of Justice will make the final decisions as to whether or not they'll be any charges. Also, there's been no mention of the 10 to 15 seconds leading up to when the female who was shot was actually shot, even though an apparent capital staffer with credentials visible and five to six SWAT team members were within 10 feet of her and several other people, people in that same hallway. Um, right when she gets up into the, the window, which was apparently breached or broken, the shot is fired. You can see the, the officer on the other side of the window that he actually fired the shot probably from 10 to 15 feet away across the hall. But prior to that, there was a SWAT team right there within 10 to 15 feet of her along with the staffer and nobody tried to clear that hallway 
out, and there's been no discussion of that. So there's a lot of answers that need to be had. And again, uh, the misinformation that's being uh, perpetuated, um, in, in my professional opinion, is just designed to help justify some of the draconian things they're going to try and impose on the people. Okay, it's time for us to head out into the newsroom. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and I want to uh, let our listeners know that uh, on the break, we were fortunate to have a good friend of ours, Jim Irvine, who's on the board of directors from the Second Amendment Foundation. He's also on um, uh, the Buckeye Firearms Foundation board, and uh, he's involved with Faster Saves Lives. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, you've heard uh, us have conversations uh, with him. He's a good friend of ours. We've got a lot of things to talk about. First of all, Jim, welcome to the show. Yeah, and in fact, we even get you in person today, so not even on the phone. It's it's, it's so much better to be here in person. It's just, it's a much better way to do it. Technology's cool, but it does not replace personal interaction as uh, anybody who's done the Zoom calls the last year knows. So it's uh, it's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys. Well, we're glad to have you, Jim. And I want to kind of put you on the spot here. And um, there's so much going on at the federal level and at the state level. Um, let's hold off on the state stuff for right now, but just relative to what's going on and what you've heard about uh, HR 127 and where the current administration's going relative to uh, anti-gun legislation just your commentary it's scary times we are in a time none of us in our lives have ever been through uh we've got to go back a long time to look at times as dark as what we're looking at right now and it's critical that all americans get involved and get engaged and pay attention to what our government's doing it's uh it's interesting i like i'm an airline pilot i travel a lot i had a a waitress a couple weeks ago I guess it was about a week or two after the election down in Miami. And I asked her where her accent was from. Her family fled Cuba because of the Castro's regime. They went to Venezuela. They later had to flee there. And she's like, she goes, what is wrong with you people that you voted for them? You voted for a communist, you know, socialist government. Why, why don't you understand what you did? Well, she's lived, she's had to flee two different countries and her family. And, uh, She's so frustrated that Americans don't know and don't understand what it is. And she's like, you know where it starts? Tearing down statues, tearing down statues. Don't you know world history? And it's like, no, Americans don't. Otherwise, we wouldn't be where we're at. And it's just, it is scary times. But we have each other and we have this show to to learn and track and keep track of things. And it's important that everybody be involved as we go forward. Well, and the, the other thing. Um, the show is fueled by organizations like yours, the, particularly the Second Amendment Foundation. Um, there are many people who say, what should we do right now? Where can we best devote our time efforts um, to, to kind of advance the, the agenda, to do positive things? And I've said in previous shows, and I'm going to say right now with you here, Jim, I think the Second Amendment Foundation 
is a great organization for you to get affiliated with, to donate to, and to get involved in activities. And why don't you tell us right now while we have the time, what's the best way for a person if they want to get involved in the Second Amendment Foundation to support your great organization and the things that you do? How can they go about doing that? Uh, SAF.org. So Second Amendment Foundation is SAF.org. And then the sister uh, organization is the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. So and it's CC rkba.org uh, so one's the 501c3 one's the 501c4 so one's educational and litigation one is political just like many other uh, these entities around the country um, second amendment foundation it's really an honor for me to be invited to the board that's something that just happened a few months ago this is the organization that brought us heller versus dc they brought us McDonald v. Chicago, and uh, and Buckeye Firearms Foundation filed amicus briefs in both of those, and it was it was neat to get involved and learn that side of things and realize Alan Gottlieb was planning this 30 years ago, building the the research in universities and the intellectual capital so that when you got to the Supreme Court, you had a foundation to stand on and win that case. It's it's decades long stuff. I think Second Amendment Foundation filed over 20 different lawsuits last year in federal courts with unconstitutional state laws like New Jersey and California and New York and some of this nonsense. So as we face an incredibly hostile administration, the courts become ever more important because that's where if we lose in the legislature and they sign horrible things, we can still have things overturned by court cases because President Trump appointed close to 300 federal judges which see things in our in a constitutional way not a a big government socialist way so that's that's really a big battlefield for us to to play on and i think uh i i don't know what the numbers are but i mean it's it's staggering the amount of money on a monthly basis second amendment foundation is is spending on attorneys and litigation and fighting these these laws so if listeners are looking to get involved and they have $100 to donate, let's say 1,000 people donate $100. Give us some ideas specifically. That money is going to go to, to help get the attorneys that are going to be able to file the, the briefs and to present the cases to the courts and, and those sorts of things. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's a lot of the, the research really has been done. And this is why Bloomberg started doing this a few years ago. He realized, look, the Second Amendment Foundation has been successful you copy success the difference is he ponied up like 50 million dollars to do that so we're it, we're really a david and goliath fight here that we're involved in so we don't have a soros we don't have a bloomberg funding us we need thousands of individual people sending in a thousand dollars a hundred dollars twenty dollars whatever it is and uh and look i respect times are hard i've got friends whose businesses have been destroyed if you don't have money then don't send money i totally get that um but get involved sign up and be a second amendment uh responder and or you know on the front lines and and be educated if you're listening to this show you're someone who wants to learn and understand this stuff be educated. One of the worst things for us is misinformation. I have multiple emails in the past week on, you know, HR, whatever, and it's it's a dead bill. It's not even from this session. It's from last session. It riles us up and gets us chasing a phantom shadow. 
there are real threats out there and we've got to be engaged in the real threats and that. So being educated and understanding and helping your fellow gun owner, because people send me this, is this true? And I'm like, boy, I don't know. I haven't seen that. And I go dig it up and look and stuff like that. And we all need to do a better job of being educated. That's the first thing. You can't, you can't shoot accurately unless you understand how to work the trigger and how the sights work. You've got to have that education, which will allow you to be successful in applying it when we go out on, on the range or into the battlefield. I will tell you that the website, uh, your website, and the newsletter that comes out at least biweekly, they, and it's not a junk newsletter. There's a lot of organizations that you probably, our listeners are, are members of, and you get constant, you're inundated with emails every day, and most of them have no applicability. I read, and Mark knows I don't like to read, I read most everything that comes from the Second Amendment Foundation because it's breadth and depth of knowledge and information for me to turn around and dis disseminate information here on the show. So I want to encourage our members to become members. I'm assuming if they become a member of the Second Amendment Foundation, they will start, if they check the box, they will start getting regular update newsletters. Is that how that works? Yeah, you check the box and uh, then you get what you want. Some yeah. And there's different, like Dave Workman is the editor. He does all this, uh, tons of research and writing on, on various topics, but it's, they, they do, you can get a quarterly update. You can get, subscribe to what you want because look, some of us, there are some people who have time, an hour to read this stuff every day. God bless them. I wish I did. That would yeah. be so helpful to me. I don't. I, I need shorter cliff notes because I do deep dive into specific things that I work on. Then I'm intimate on those. But there's there's no way any person can know everything that's going on. There's It's that much stuff. So it's, it's a way to filter through all the nonsense and get good information. Look, some of the court stuff is really dry to read, and you may not understand it. That's fine. Skim through that stuff, but at least read the title so that when someone starts talking about it, and you're like, yeah, I've heard about that. I may not know the details, but yeah, I've heard about it. It just helps the context as, as you go and build your knowledge. Well, and again, Jim, I'm going to give you a plug. You're, you're, that's one of the things I do. Again, I'm not much of a reader, but when I hear something's out there, one of the first team things I do is go to Second Amendment Foundation and or the Buckeye Firearms and look for you or some of my other favorite authors and see if they've written something about it because I can read three or four paragraphs of all the nuts and bolts, and I don't have to read all the superfluous overflow of, you know, this was done, that was done, and waste my time because I don't like to read. I want to get right to it. Now, a lot of times I'll just forward an email to Mark and I'll tell Mark, read this, send me a two-paragraph or two-sentence summary of what it is, and then we'll talk about it later on. And it's it, never two sentences. But Yeah, but he gives, <laughs> and I know, we go back and forth. Mark couldn't Mark couldn't put two sentences together to explain an introduction to something, and it would have to be at least a, a two, paragraph. Yeah, so, But he does great for me, I have to say, in the capacity that I use him, and I'm not, I'm not going to be you know i'm not going to cut any punches here I, I use him in that capacity because i don't like to read that's a fault of mine don't don't but, but understand um i'm in a point in my life where i'm starting to um get rid of a bunch of the garbage that's in this brain however small it might be in my head and i don't necessarily want to fill it with unnecessary information so i rely on jim to give me good nuts and bolts and i, I rely on mark to kind of format that in a way we're going to talk about it on the radio so that we can fit it into the 37 minutes that we have on a, on a radio show, but uh, I want you to know that um, the things you guys say are very, very valuable um, because of that, that very reason for a person like me. Um, not everybody is a member of Second Amendment, and not everybody listens to this show, but some people will watch and see the articles. Other people will listen to the show. They will tell other people who then will listen to the show or go and become members of the Second Amendment Foundation. I want to issue a challenge to our listeners out there. 
I want you this week to just pound the Second Amendment Foundation website and get involved. Become a member, contribute what you can, and I, I'll, I'll even go so far as to say, look, everybody's got financial um, uh, difficulties in one way, shape, or form. Give $20, give $50, give what you can. Let's get this thing going and let's let people know what a big voice we have through the organizations that we're affiliated with that are doing the hard work. Yeah, we don't have the time, we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the ability to do the hard work, but Jim and the other staff members of the Second Amendment Foundation, the Buckeye Firearms Association, the United States Concealed Carry Association, the NRA, other organizations, they're out, they're, they're carrying the torch, they're doing the work. So we can give the money to help them do the work and make things a little bit easier um, because we are in very dark times. I, I'm, I'm glad you described it like that because as, as much as some people going to say we're being pessimists it's a fact there's no there's no beating around the bush here these are dark times i i am one of the most optimistic people you'll you'll meet i people laugh at me because every year i think we're going to get all of this stuff done in the state legislature and every year it's like charlie brown and the football got pulled away from me but i i, I left there today spending two days incredibly optimistic on what we're doing there's a lot to be optimistic on but on the federal front we are facing a threat none of us have ever been through and and we're in for some some very difficult times ahead i'm i fear yeah, well, we've got just about a couple of minutes left before break, so give us a little bit of good news from your trip to Columbus. So, yeah, moving to the state stuff, I just finished two days in the state house, and I the the new because we have term limits, we have so many new legislators come in every two years. So I met a lot of what they call the freshman class. They're they're because they're there for four sessions, just like high school, and uh, and they talk about it as being a class in my class. It is a great class of people, and uh, it, and in multiple ways, I guess. I hadn't meant, meant that as a double entendre, but uh, really a neat bunch of people, um, very, very pro-gun, really interested in advancing the Second Amendment and our protection of our rights and self-defense and knife stuff came up and all of the stuff that we care about, the new legislators, they are chomping at the bits, they're ready to go. There's actually um, Representative Tom Hall, Thomas Hall, will be introducing a bill in the next week on school safety to deal with the whole lawsuit down in Madison and the 12th Circuit Court of Appeals train wreck that that has turned into. And uh, so he's got legislation coming on that. And, and just literally anything you guys can think of, there's some legislator discussing passing, introducing a bill to deal with it. So it, there's going to be a lot going on, both pro and anti, and, and stay tuned because there's a lot to talk about as this year unfolds. Almost exactly the opposite of what we're seeing coming out of Washington in yes. the sense that, you know, they're they're trying to do everything. All, all the stuff that's coming out now is taking away your rights. And what you're what you're seeing is that they're trying to protect them. There, there's going to be a yin and yang between federal and states and between uh, anti-gun legislation and pro-gun legislation. And it's all going to go into a blender. And I have no idea how it's going to turn yeah, out, but it'll be fun to it'll, it'll be fun to watch and, and work through it. Some wild times. All right. We need to take our last break for the hour. You're listening to Jeff Pedro and Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip with our in-studio guest, Jim Irvine, on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. 
It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and uh, we have with us today Jim Irvine uh, from the uh, Board of Directors of the Second Amendment Foundation. And uh, Jim, um, first of all, I want to let our listeners know that uh, you are officially a lobbyist you're not a lawyer you mentioned you're a, a, an airline pilot and um uh, so you do this kind of on your own and uh um you're a member of the organization because your heart's in it because you believe in it and what would you say to our listeners what's the one thing that they could do that they should do if they want to make a difference as opposed to just listening to the show and saying yeah i might do that we, we want to be a, make a call to action today what would you recommend you've you've got to be a member of at least one state group and at least one national group uh, absolute minimum and when you're looking at groups there's there's good groups and there's bad groups look at results look at the group that gets the results so that you get return on your investment because there's other there's some groups that are out there that are they're taking lots of money making lots of noise but not getting anything done so so spend some time and do some research before you spend your money on a group but i i'm a member of many state groups we've got a bunch of them in ohio i'm a member of multiple national groups because there's a lot of good groups that do that so get involved if you've already done that then join a second or third one so do that if you've got money donate because our side needs money and funding absolutely if you don't have money then donate time Maybe it's helping out with a, uh, a, a political event or something like that. Helping contact your legislature and say, hey, if you want help on firearms issues, I'm an NRA instructor. I'm a law enforcement officer. I'm a, uh, a prosecutor or an attorney or something. Let them know you'll help them on issues and you'll be, you can be used as a resource. And the other thing is... I can't, like all of us have been contacted by family, friends, neighbors recently who've been, you know, I've never been opposed to guns, but I've never thought I needed one. I think I need one now. Yeah. You know what? Take time to help those people out and get them on the right track and get them with good instructors to who are going to start them on the on the right foot and and bring them along for us. It's really critical that we grow our masses and uh and our knowledge and understanding. That's good advice, and I want you to know that uh, we very much appreciate you, you coming to the show today. I want to remind our listeners that um, Michael Bloomberg and George Soros have tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars that they're dumping into this on their own. So it's going to take hundreds of thousands of us giving twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars, so that we can raise. Uh, enough money to put in our war chest. And yes, it is a war chest because we're going to battle. We're going to have to go to battle against these people who have draconian uh, laws that they want to pass and impose their will on us, the people. So we've got to get involved and we got to do it now. The call to action is now. So please, please, please. It's going to be something I'm going to be harping um, from from now throughout the, the rest of the year. We've got to get involved. We've got to have a positive effect on what's going on, because uh, if we don't, uh, we're going to do like people did years ago. and We just kind of let our white rights get kind of eroded away and you've talked about that many times mark yeah and we've we've re recovered some of that but we've still got a long way to go and right now they're trying to go back and so this is this is a time to really draw a line and say we're we're not going back so we need to contact i mean if you have a a, a u.s representative who supports all this gun control stuff they absolutely need to hear from you you need to contact them and let them know this is going to really cost them 
Uh, and, and that's the only way, because if you just go based on the political majorities, where the parties are, what the positions of the parties have been, the majorities right now are going to, uh, if, if that's all that, that determines it, then there will be more gun control. But that isn't the way it always has worked. And it didn't work that way in 2009. It doesn't have to work that way now. All right. Thanks very much for joining us today. We're out of time. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.